One of my favorite things to do in an evening is read through the comments that we get on our YouTube videos on over on our YouTube channel. And someone asked a great question. Raphael Oliveira asked, Now, I was looking for content on video marketing and found nothing from Exposure Ninja. When can I expect to hear from you on this subject? Well, Raphael, today, dude, today. As I'm sure you know, videos now make up 82% of all consumer internet use. YouTube is the world's second most popular search engine and search volume on YouTube beats Bing, Yahoo and AOL combined. So YouTube is huge, video is huge, we've got the rise of video only social apps like TikTok and what's happening is it's painting a picture where if the early internet rewarded businesses that could write and share their knowledge through text, the future will likely reward businesses that really get to grips with video. And with video marketing undoubtedly being the future, some would say it's the present of the internet, here's a question that might make you squirm a little bit. How's your video marketing going? Yeah, because very few businesses use video well. Well, I've grown every business I've owned since 2008 using video, since before Exposure Ninja existed. And then at Exposure Ninja, we've been studying and experimenting with video marketing for eight years now. And while we've still got a lot to learn, it's become one of our most important marketing channels. That's despite the fact that we do loads of SEO and content marketing and pay-per-click on different channels. Video is a really strong source of business for us, and it is for many of the companies that we've studied in our work in video marketing. Well, today I'm going to share what we've learned doing video marketing. Today, you become a video marketing monster. Let's do this. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. This show, like Exposure Ninja, our digital agency, is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. And in this episode, we are talking about video marketing. Now, basically, there are four ways to use video to grow your business. Number one, you can improve conversions from your existing website traffic, right? So putting videos on your website to make visitors do more of what you want them to do. The second way is to generate new traffic from sites like YouTube and from ranking videos on Google. So using videos as assets that drive traffic to your site or to your business. The third way you can use it to grow your business is to use video in your social posts to grow your social following. And the fourth way is to use vlogging or some sort of personal brand video content to build your business by building up you as an authority or someone in the business as an authority. So today we're going to discuss how to use video to get more leads and sales from your website and how to use video to drive traffic from YouTube and Google as these first two things are the fastest and most reliable ways to ROI. Yes, you can use video to improve your social following. Yes, you can use video to do vlogging and personal branding, but the success rate is much lower than using it to improve conversion rate, which you can pretty much always do, and using it to drive traffic from YouTube and Google, which again, you can pretty much always do. It's very low risk and potentially high ROI. And then at the end, once I've, spoke, I've given you some tips on these areas, I'm going to show you how to improve the results that you get from your video marketing based on the lessons that we've learned, mostly the hard and expensive way. <laughs> okay, let's do this. So first thing that we're going to look at is improving conversions from your existing website traffic. I'm going to talk through some examples. As always, if you want to see these, then you can go over to our YouTube channel. Just search for Exposure Ninja Video Marketing and you'll see the video version of this, which shows you the actual demos. And by the way, a little aside, I'm always astounded that 
these podcasts continue to get significantly higher download numbers, despite the fact I'm basically just talking you through stuff on a screen. Um, and I've been thinking about how we can mix up the podcast and maybe try some new formats and test some different stuff. So if you've got any feedback, if there's anything that you'd like to see on the podcast or any different formats that you'd like, um, like for a while ago, we did a lot of interviews with people in different digital marketing roles um, to get you know behind the scenes of what they were doing. Or if you want us to interview more ninjas from Exposure Ninja, then just drop me an email, Tim at Exposure Ninja. I'd love to get that feedback. Anyway, improving conversions from website traffic. How do you use videos to get more conversions from your site? Well, you've probably got a website already and that website is going to be full of text. So maybe we should put some videos on there as well. According to Jan's Media, websites with video on them have a 70% higher average conversion rate than websites without video. So there's a few different ways that you can do this. There's three different ways that you can do this really. Demonstrations, testimonials, and as ways of beefing up long form content. Okay, I'm gonna talk through some examples of each. So firstly, demonstrations. How can you use video as demonstrations to improve your conversion rate? Well, one business that does a really good job of this is HubSpot. And HubSpot is a B2B CRM firm. We often use them in our examples in the videos and podcasts because they're B2B, number one. They're quite a boring, it's quite a boring industry, right? CRM software isn't the sexiest thing in the world. Um, and also HubSpot's pretty good at marketing. They think a, a lot about this and they invest a lot as well. Now HubSpot does a great, uh, a great job of using videos on their website uh, to demonstrate their software. And this is quite important because if you think about HubSpot's sales funnel, it's all about booking a demo. So they want visitors to come onto their site and book a demo. And when they book a demo with someone, that person obviously then has to turn up for the demo and they're being paid by HubSpot to demonstrate the product and answer all the person's questions. So it's quite a, a high cost call to action for HubSpot to offer because there is a person's time involved and that person, you know, once they're doing that demo with person A, they can't be showing person B the software. So there is a, a sort of opportunity cost as well. So what HubSpot does is uh, do product demonstrations on its product pages so that visitors know basically what the software does before they book a demo. So I'm going to have my basic questions answered by the video so that I can qualify myself out or qualify myself to this demo piece. So it saves their sales team time from talking to people that are looking for something else completely. And it starts the process of selling potential customers on the features. So these are really straightforward product um, demonstrations. It's just a screen recording, someone talking over how the software works and the different benefits and some different use cases. Really straightforward. Now we see videos used in product demonstrations in e-commerce as well. So for example, ASOS, the fashion e-commerce store, uses product videos really well. Obviously, they've got their own um, studio where they shoot their products. You can see images. And then they've got a video usually on most of their products. And this video will um, show the particular item of clothing from all angles. It will show how it falls. There'll be some movement in there as well. And this is really smart because one of the big problems with e-commerce and particularly fashion e-commerce is that average return rates can be around 20 to 30%. This decimates profit margins. And one thing I read recently in FT, I think they estimated that 10% of net margin um, was, was, was given up to handling and processing returns, which is absolutely brutal. So anything an e-commerce store can do to show customers exactly what they're going to be getting and sort of filling in the gaps between the photos. So with a photo, I can see how a particular dress might look in a static way, but then when the model walks, maybe it moves funny or maybe it stretches in a weird place. Well, the video is gonna give me that context so it can help me, again, qualify, is this something that I wanna buy and reduce the likelihood of that return. Another firm that uses videos really well is Boopa. So Boopa is a private healthcare provider and they use video on their service pages. So let's say that you want a particular treatment in one sort of area, you'll go to the service page on Boopa's website and they will have a video 
where one of their practitioners in this area will just talk through some of the frequently asked questions that people ask about this thing. So I'm on the facial aesthetics page and they have one of their facial aesthetics uh, dentists talking about what sort of questions people have and giving a bit more context about Boopa's service. This is a really smart move because something like this can feel potentially scary to a customer. If I'm going to go and someone's going to like stab things in my face or pull my teeth around, that's a scary thing. And Boopa's a big company, so there's not much sort of personalization. There's not much there's not much of a face to the business really. So these videos are a great way of adding personality to what could otherwise be quite a faceless and impersonal website whilst building a bit of personal relationship. And for me, this is one of the most powerful things about video is you can communicate the same information through video or through text, but the level of like connection that people have over video is so much higher than through text because it much more closely resembles the in-person interaction that is so natural to us as human beings. So that's the first way that you can improve your conversions from website traffic. There's various stats out there. I remember in the early days of the podcast, interviewing Khalid Saleh from uh, from Conversions Excel, I think. Uh, and he mentioned that skis.com had improved their website, their e-commerce conversion rate 40% by adding video. So different stats out there, but the more you can do to answer your customers' objections and build that sense of personality and relatability through video, the higher your conversion rate will be. The next way to improve conversions from website traffic is testimonials. Now, written testimonials can be faked, right? Uh, video testimonials, well, they could also be fakes. There's plenty of dodgy services out there offering access to give you fake video testimonials, but it's less easy to fake them. And I think we'd all like to feel like we would be able to judge a fake testimonial over video much better than we would a fake testimonial by text. So a few examples of this, my dirty secret digital marketing crush, if you listen to podcasts a lot, you'll know that I love National Accident Helplines digital marketing. I love their conversion rate optimization. I love loads of stuff about their website. Uh, for those outside the UK, they're like an accident claims company, a lead generation company. So they're sort of a legal firm for personal injury, but not quite because they I think they actually um, send the leads out to other solicitors or whatever. Anyway, they have customer stories on their pages. If you think about a personal injury claim, this is something that people can potentially feel a little bit icky about filling in a form on, right? I'm going to sue someone because they left their ladder up or and I tripped over it or, you know, whatever it is. It can feel a little bit icky. It's got a bit of a, a bad reputation. So one of the things that National Accident Helpline does to remove that objection or reduce that objection is have these customer story videos. And these customer story videos are great because they've got ordinary looking people just talking about how things went for them, talking a bit about their accident and they've used popular accident types as they're designed to resonate with the potential customers. And then it talks about the resolution and how they found using accident help, National Accident Helpline. And it's a great way of just saying, you know, this is safe. It's like a sort of third party validation that this website's safe, this service is safe. I'm an ordinary person just like you. It's not scummy to do this stuff. Like here's the, you know, here's the proof basically. So great way of adding some personality onto the site and making it super relatable. Another business that does a great job of collecting uh, testimonials is Salesforce. Uh, Salesforce has these customer stories. These are like, obviously Salesforce is a it's sort of enterprise CRM and they've got customer stories from large corporates like 3M. So they're not exactly fun, quirky, engaging things. They're pretty dry. Everything's been through both sides legal and it shows. But nevertheless, it gives Salesforce credibility that they're working with these companies and the relationship is going well and that they're happy to be shown together. Smile Direct Club uh, on the consumer side of things. Smile Direct Club is like a teeth aligners thing. 
and they've got all these smile stories, they call them, where they've got customer testimonials over on YouTube, and they're really short, so they can use them as YouTube ads if they want to. They can just boost them and put some budget behind them, or they can use them on their website. They can send these smile stories to their email list. But basically, these videos give Smile Direct Club a way of selling without feeling salesy because it's not bragging when your customer says it, right? So they've got these people talking about their Smile Direct journey and how it works and how much more confident they are now they've got their teeth all sorted and this type of stuff. So video testimonials can be great. Now, obviously, the thing about video testimonials, they're not the easiest thing to collect because if you just say to one of your clients or customers, hey, can we make a video or can you send us a video testimonial? You may as well ask them to, you know, knit you a jumper and send it. It's just not going to happen because very few people have video equipment. Very few people know what to do. And the whole thing can get really confusing and complicated for them. And in the end, they just don't do it. So quick tip on this. One of the things that we did a few years ago is we hired out a video crew and we just organized a uh, sort of national tour of a whole bunch of our clients and the video crew would just turn up at these clients' businesses and film a video testimonial for them. Now, back in the days when we did this, um, we didn't have huge marketing budgets. So we actually, you know, it's quite expensive to put this video team on the road. So what we did is we contacted all these businesses and said, hey, let's all spread the cost of this. They can come and film a promotional video with you while they're there. The cost of the promotional video will offset the cost of the tour. So you get a really good price uh, promotional video. We get the video testimonial out of it and we kind of split the cost between all of us. So that can be something to do uh, if you're selling B2B because basically no one ever has any decent promotional videos. Okay, so we've covered demonstrations. We've covered using videos in testimonials. The third way of using video on your site to generate more conversions is adding videos to your best performing blog posts. If you're trying to rank website content on Google, getting people to stick when they land on that page and start reading is really important. And it can be quite difficult to get people to stick if you've got super long form posts. So on the Exposure Ninja site, you know, if you can search for something like uh, Exposure Ninja target audience, you'll see this post. It's a really long form piece. I don't know how many words it is, maybe 1500 or 2000 words. We've got some that are like five, 6000 words. And it can be quite difficult to get someone to stick all the way through that. So what you can do is you can embed videos. And these videos can either be a summary of the entire post, or you can have videos illustrating some of the topics as people are scrolling down. So on this one, for example, the, uh, the blog post is how to define your target audience in six quick questions. There is a video at the top, which is how to find your target audience in six questions. And then as you scroll down, we might have other videos for sort of subtopics. We've got podcasts embedded. Uh, for different things as well. So it just breaks things up and it means that people have a bit of a break from just reading text. They can also watch videos which summarize either some or all of what you're saying. And we found that embedding videos and making video versions of these podcasts is a great way of doing this. Those videos can also get ranked on Google, which also really helps, but we'll come back to that in just a minute. So that is improving conversions from website traffic, basically putting videos on your site wherever you possibly can to make it more interesting and to build more of a relationship with people. So the next way that we're gonna look at using video marketing to increase your leads and sales is through generating traffic and leads. So video can be a good source of traffic, particularly through YouTube. YouTube has 2.1 billion monthly users. 2.1 billion monthly users. Um, and as I said before, second largest search engine with higher search volume than Microsoft Bing, Yahoo, and AOL combined. People are searching YouTube for stuff, particularly informational topics. And usually it's easier to rank on YouTube than it is on Google because there is so much less competition, right? Anybody can write a page on their website and Google can decide to rank it. So typically a Google search will have millions and millions of results because Google, you're basically competing against every page that's ever been written. Now that's okay and that's a fight that we'll happily take on and happily win. But on YouTube, 
People only compete for the thing if they've made a video targeting that topic, and very few people can make videos, and even fewer can make decent videos, and even fewer can make decent videos which they then well optimize for search. So if you can be half decent at these things, you can get ranking for some great keywords on YouTube. So there's, well, there's two ways to get views from YouTube, right? We've experimented with both of them and had success with both of them. The first way is a little bit like traditional organic search. So this is making a video designed to rank for a particular keyword which your target audience is going to be searching. These can be commercial intent keywords like say best CRM if we were thinking about HubSpot and Salesforce. You could make a video which is all about best CRM and you could compare the different options and then you could either drive people to your one or if that's not your business model you could have affiliate links to them or whatever you might want to do. So that's the first thing that you can do. You can create a video which is going to rank for your target keywords. Now the process for doing the keyword research is exactly the same as if you were doing keyword research on Google. The metrics are going to be slightly different. You'll have to use a plugin like TubeBuddy to find keyword search volumes and stuff like that. But the process is the same. So using your keyword in your video title, making sure you're using it in the copy, i.e. your script or the things that you're saying, and making sure you're using it in the description as well. The other way of getting views on YouTube is a little bit more sort of social media style. So you know how with social, you've got organic visibility is predominantly defined by the sort of stuff that you engage with, right? So if you click on a lot of, let's say that you're on Instagram and you're watching a lot of fashion influencers, then you're going to see more fashion influencers. And this sort of marketing is sort of about browse engagement. So with YouTube, one of the main sources of YouTube views isn't actually search. Yes, a lot of people search on YouTube and it's incredibly popular for that. But more and more, you're getting people who just go to YouTube and then they just open their homepage and they see what's up and they just go there a little bit like Netflix. They just decide what they're going to watch. So getting on people's homepage or getting in the browse features. So, you know, when you're watching a video, you've got the videos at the side of the screen. If you can get in those, then that's a great way of picking up new traffic. This works really well if you're selling something that people might not know they need, for example. So you're not necessarily search focused, like you're not going to be making a video for home design ideas or best architecture firms or something like that. If you want to be picked up through browse, then you need to be targeting using a completely different strategy. So rather than looking at keyword searches, what you're going to be doing instead is aiming to get a high click through rate. So people seeing your video and clicking on it because there's something interesting about it. So this is a pretty specific YouTube skill set that you have to develop. I can't really think of too many. I mean, obviously, there's stuff like, uh, you know, you want your ad copy to stand out so you get high click through rates, but you're still targeting search. Whereas on YouTube, you're not necessarily targeting search at all if you're going for this browse targeting. So let me just talk you through some examples. Um, Glossier, it's a, a makeup firm. They've got a really interesting browse targeting um, strategy, I guess. They partner with um, influencers, people like Olivia Rodrigo, who's a singer, and they have these partnership things that they run. And they've got um, videos where you can see Olivia in the in the thumbnail, like using their product, or there's something quirky about the setup. There's one where she's sort of sitting down, there's loads of flowers all around her, which is kind of cool. Um, they've got other sort of uh, other strategies as well, like get ready with me, where they get a different influencers and they show their getting ready routines and people are really super into this. So that can be a way of picking up browse engagement because if you're already watching videos with someone like Rachel Lindsay, for example, and then you see in the suggested videos, get ready with me featuring Rachel Lindsay in it, but it's a Glossier video. Well, then you might click on that because you recognize her and her, it's her face in the thumbnail. And then you're into their world, aren't you? They've got nine minutes to take a whack at you 
and hope that their brand sticks. Then we've got uh, other different makeup looks and tutorials. So five minute date night look, which is one of my firm favorites and something I use all the time. Those 220,000 views, at least half of them are me. Uh, but again, this is something that people might be searching for. It might just be something that they're sort of interested in when they're looking for makeup tutorials on YouTube. So they've got a whole bunch of different strategies here. One thing that you'll often notice with brands on YouTube is they'll have a lot of videos which are 30 seconds long or a minute long and what they're doing or even 15 seconds long and what they're doing is they're making these different creative types uh, because they can then use them as pre-roll or mid-roll ads okay so they can boost these and they can have the whole ad showing or you know they can choose the depending on how they set up they can have the whole ad showing or they can pay once someone has watched a certain amount but 30 15 and a minute these are some fairly common lengths for youtube ads another business that does a good job of their youtube channel is Shopify and they are very strongly targeting this browse behavior on YouTube. So they want people to see the video and click on it. So if you go on the um, youtube.com forward slash Shopify URL, you will see that their thumbnails are pretty classic YouTube. It's person with shocked face and the headline says the product Gen Z will want in five years. Oh my gosh, what is it? I must click to find out or sell this to Gen Z in 2022. And then the video title is business ideas for 2022, sell these trending products. So what Shopify is trying to do here is they're trying to tap into the sort of money making content that's on YouTube. And they're trying to get in front of entrepreneurs. I use that term loosely, you know, people that want to make some money now. Um, and, and in a sense, a lot of this is quite get rich quickie, but they're targeting that audience and then they want that person to come in. And then, of course, the video is positioned as so now I'm going to set up my Shopify store rather than my e-commerce store. So obviously, you know, they're, they're, they're using that to get in front of this target audience that they think is going to be relevant. But what they're doing is they're identifying a type of person or a target audience on, on YouTube, people that want to get rich and people that want to start businesses and that type of stuff. And then they're figuring out how can we position what we sell to those people and make these sort of attention grabbing click through rate targeting thumbnails. Other stuff like five business ideas for 2022, how to find great business ideas, five food business ideas. So they're clearly targeting the sort of entrepreneur startup knowing that those people are most likely to sign up for Shopify sites. Uh, okay, another example. Now Volvo is slightly different. Volvo is a lot more, I don't want to say corporate because that's not right. They're B2C, but it's it's a lot more polished. It's a lot more professional. It's a, it's a lot less YouTube, if I'm honest. This is a bit more TV. So it's more cinematic. It's uh, beautiful videos, beautiful thumbnails. And whilst this sort of thing doesn't often get loads of engagement, like some of these videos have a lot of views, but mainly because you can see that they've been advertised. Um, but it's still the sort of stuff that can build quite a strong brand. And it's the sort of stuff that people might watch if they're considering purchasing. So we'd use this type of content mid funnel. So if we're running an email marketing campaign for someone, let's say they've signed up on the website um, for the equivalent of the newsletter, and we want to send them some stuff to keep them buttered up in a sort of indoctrination sequence, we want to move them along the intent line towards purchase, we might send them the sort of stuff that Volvo puts together. So it's things like their goal about zero collisions, they don't want anyone to die in a Volvo. And there's a whole 12 and a half minute video on this topic. So it's not the sort of thing that people are going to search for. It hasn't been optimized for search, but it can be really useful to send to your existing traffic to just share a bit of your values, to be more familiar with you, to give your to give um, them a reason to purchase from you rather than your competitors because you've given them this story and there's someone talking very passionately about this aspect of Volvo and their values. So three quite different approaches here, 
but all of them can work really well. We've got the search targeting stuff. We've got the uh, sort of browse and curiosity targeting stuff where we've got the quirky testimonials. Oh, you'll never believe what this person's done or you'll never believe what the home interiors trend of 2023 is going to be. And then we've got this uh, sort of video content that you can send to people on your email list, which might be a little bit more dry. It might be boring. It might not be focused on either of the other ways of targeting cold traffic, but it can be a good way of moving people along that buyer journey. Before we move on, I also want to touch on this idea of using YouTube influencers to drive traffic. So not just producing your own videos, but actually having video, uh, sorry, having existing YouTubers drive traffic. Uh, one company to check out who's doing a really good job of this is Smile Direct. If you just search Smile Direct Club Review on YouTube, you'll find loads of people doing reviews of Smile Direct Club. And two reasons they're doing this. Firstly, it's a trending business. Lots of people are thinking about this. So it's actually a good way of these influencers getting views themselves because these sorts of keywords do get re relatively good search volume. But the other reason that people are doing this is that Smile Direct has a, an affiliate scheme which will give people a voucher code so that when someone signs up for their service through that code or through that link, that person gets an affiliate commission. So this is going to incentivize these YouTube influencers to make these videos because they can then monetize these views and monetize the traffic they send to SDC. Okay, moving on from YouTube then. As we said before, you can get videos ranked on Google and more and more Google is showing videos in its search results. In fact, according to SE ranking, more than 30% of mobile Google searches include video in the results. With 5G rollout and even 4G rollout, people are much less reluctant to click on videos to answer their questions on a mobile than they were five years ago because they know these things are going to load instantly in people's data plans. You know, they don't even have to think about downloading video content anymore. So video in search results is going to happen more and more. And Google is pretty good at trimming out the, the piece of the video, which is most relevant to folk. So we expect to see it more and you want to make sure your videos are being seen in search. So a couple of ways that you need to, or a couple of things that you need to think about. Firstly, by posting videos on your YouTube and optimizing them using standard SEO techniques. So we're talking keyword research. We're talking using your keyword in your video title. We're talking using keywords and related keywords in the video description. Use them in the script. Think of the script as your copy. Um, so use them in your script and use them at the start of the script. Make sure you're using your keywords and your variations throughout the script. Obviously, don't do it in a stupid way. If the, I was talking about video marketing the whole time and welcome to this video on video marketing and this is how to do video marketing. There's lots of ways, you know, it's going to get really boring. So you don't want to compromise the quality of your video, but use your target keywords in your video. Um, and you can also build links to them. You can embed them in blog posts, which have that targeting as well. So page title, meta description, well-optimized blog posts, targeting a particular keyword, embed the video in there as well. We found that that's a pretty reliable way to get videos ranking uh, for the informational terms that these blogs are targeting. And you can see an example if you search for uh, how to write page titles and meta descriptions, um, then we've got, uh, we are ranking, I think we're ranking position one for that. Um, and then our video, there's like a little video pack further down and we've got a video ranking position one there as well. And then YouTube has pulled out nine key moments in the video, which actually I think are just our chapter markers. Uh, but it's a really great way of, getting that organic traffic from search. They might not have even been thinking about going to YouTube. They might not have even been thinking that they want video. But if you've got a particular query, which actually it makes sense to answer in a video, or you think that there's some personality in your business and that will come across really well on video, make a video about it as well. And then you can try and get it ranking in search. Okay, um, now we're going to talk about actually how to make video marketing work for you. And I'm going to share some of our personal experience with doing all this video marketing. Being completely honest, most of my time at Exposure Ninja, where I'm not being CEO, is now spent on video. So I spend about, I'm going to say most of it, it's probably an equivalent of a working day per week on video. 
either writing, recording, or filming. Wait, recording and filming are the same thing. So either writing or recording. Um, and I do a lot more video than I've done SEO. I haven't done SEO for Exposure Ninja for like five, six, seven years or whatever. So obviously now we have large SEO and content teams, so I don't need to. But video is really an area that I spend a lot of time in. And, and we've done a lot of really dumb stuff over the years. So hopefully uh, some of these tips will help you shortcut some of this pain process. By the way, before we go into the note, if you want some help with your digital marketing, we have a service at Exposure Ninja called the Free Website and Marketing Review which is absolutely killer. Um, all you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com and click the button. One of the team will record you a video showing you how to generate more leads and sales from your site. It's completely free of charge. We'll have a look at your competitors too, give you a suggested roadmap over the next six months of things to focus on. There are some occasions where we'll actually identify that the marketing review isn't the most useful thing for you. And if that's the case, we will send you a free gift anyway, but that free gift will be worth a lot of money. So it'll be valuable Anyway, whatever happens, so go to ExposureNinja.com to request your free review today. Okay, so some tips on how to actually make video marketing work for you and how to get it done. For me, the first decision to make is whether you're going to do this in-house or whether you're going to outsource it. The immediate tendency for people is we're going to make some videos, we need to find a video production company. And that's fine. That'll get you a really good first video. Like if you want a promotional video for your business, that's a great way of doing it because you only need one. It doesn't need to be part of your regular, you know, your regular thing. You don't need a cadence, right? The trouble is if every time you want to make a video, you have to go to a studio or you have to hire a team, it's going to increase the quality, but it's going to decrease the quantity of videos that you make because that barrier to making a video is so high. Whereas if you have your own convenient setup, for example, I've got a camera and light set up in my office all the time, which means when I've got two or three hours spare, I can bosh out a video. If I had to go to a video studio or hire someone to come in, there's no way I'm doing one a week because that's going to be a once a month or once a quarter thing. And thus we wouldn't have the traction through video marketing that we've had because you have to commit to quantity. So this decision about in-housing versus outsourcing isn't as easy as it might seem. And I would actually encourage you to make some investment, to get some video equipment yourself and try to get some sort of setup working that you can have set up permanently or semi-permanently to make it as easy as possible for you. Now, your first videos are going to be total rubbish, but that's completely okay to begin with. Which leads me on to my next step, which is become a student of the media, right? Most of your competitors, if they're doing video, it'll be total total rubbish. So you don't want to copy your competitors video marketing. What I would suggest instead is that you copy the best of YouTube. So if you don't know who Mr. Beast is, you need to study Mr. Beast because he has nailed YouTube. It's the pace of the videos, the entertainment value, the topic selection. Most business video content is garbage. So don't align yourself to that. Align yourself to professional YouTubers for people that spend all their time trying to hack the algorithm and make entertaining videos. Now, that's not to say that if you're like a funeral director's firm, you have to be really quirky and doing all these jokes and stuff. But if I'm a funeral director's firm, I want to make sure that the pacing of my video is right, that I get my personality across and that I answer my questions in a way that's going to make people actually want to watch the video. If I'm a funeral director's firm, the last thing I want to do is put out a boring video about funeral directors because I'm definitely not going to get any engagement. So if you're going to model yourself on anyone and you should model yourself on people, then you want to find video creators that are doing a really good job of YouTube, not just having a look at what your competitors are doing and trying to copy them. So, you know, people have asked previously, they've just dropped me an email and said, hey, Tim, I've seen Exposure Ninja does video. What tips have you got? 
And when I was thinking about like, how do, how do I answer this? What do I tell them to prioritize? Initially, you'd think, well, if you're going to be doing video marketing, you want to prioritize the information, right? You want to get as much information to, over to people as possible. Or maybe you want to prioritize credibility and you want to demonstrate that your business is credible. Or maybe you want to prioritize salespersonship, right? You want, to, you want that person to fall in love with the business or whatever. Actually, I don't think you want to prioritize any of those. I think you want to prioritize entertainment because if you don't prioritize entertainment and holding their engagement, you won't have their attention long enough to get any of the other things across. How can you be informative if people are dropping out after 30 seconds on your video? Which by the way, they will on YouTube if you're not entertaining enough. So it's like entertainment is the price of entry. It's the table stakes if you're going to be doing video marketing. And if you're thinking, all right, entertainment, okay, I better get some exaggerated hand gestures out and get a video voice. I don't mean that. I don't mean like giving away prizes and smashing up stuff with a baseball bat. Entertainment can be as simple as adding stories and sharing examples in your video to break them up and keep the viewer's attention. Stories are a great way of hooking people. Uh, Find someone in the business who is good at communicating, who can communicate well over video. This is an underrated thing. Not everybody can do it, nor not everyone can do it without huge amounts of practice. So if you have someone maybe in the sales team who is good at this, consider using them as the video front person for the business. And whatever you do, the format that you start with will evolve over time. So let's say that you start off by doing a behind the scenes of our business and we're going to do this weekly vlog and we're going to take people along with the journey. Well, after a few weeks, you're going to get pretty sick of that because it's not going to get any engagement and your energy levels that you came in with are going to be rapidly diminishing. So you're going to change up the format. You might start answering people's questions and maybe get a bit more traction with that, but then you want to try something else. Well, that's completely okay and it's totally natural with video marketing. Your format, the formats that you use in your videos will constantly evolve. So don't feel precious about having to get the perfect format right. Just start producing something and you can iterate later on. My final suggestion is deciding to commit. Video marketing, I'll be honest, it's a slog and it can feel thankless for a long time. I would suggest that if if you're anything like me, it's probably going to feel utterly thankless and pointless for a year. (laughs) How's that for a sale? And you're going to have to commit huge amounts of time during that year as well to get your setup right, to research and write your videos, to get the editing person or team in place, to get the publishing and all the workflows. It's going to be a slog and it's going to feel really thankless. It's also going to feel a slog partly because you'll be total rubbish during a large percentage of that year. And it'll also feel a slog partly because it just takes time to build momentum. It's okay with being rubbish. I always say to people, you've probably got 20 or 30 totally rubbish videos in you and you just need to get through those as quickly as possible so that you can start getting better, right? There's this, um, I don't know how true it is, but there's this study, wasn't there, with the Uh, people had to make pots and there was two groups of people who were learning to make pots, amateur potters. And the first group, they made a new pot every day. And the second group, they spent the whole month making this one perfect pot. And you're supposed to guess like which group made the best pot, which group came out with a pot that was, you know, the best on average. And people will initially think, well, of course, the people who spent 30 days perfecting their pot, that of course their pot will be better. But actually, the punchline is that it was the people that made a new pot every day because they were just smashing reps. They were just getting through the 20 rubbish pots they had to make before they started to get a little bit semi-competent at making pots. And I think it's exactly the same with videos. If you look at any of the pro YouTubers, go back to their early videos and they are total trash without exception. So we all have this sort of the cream at the top of the milk that we need to get through. That's a bad illustration because the cream's the nicest bit, but there's something that we all need to get through until we get to the good stuff, right? Imagine that milk came and it was upside down. (laughs) 
Um, okay, the other thing I would suggest is making a or committing to make a certain number of videos and being okay with them getting low views. What I have to think about is, you know, you might have a video that's got 50 views and you look at a Mr. Beast video that's got 100 million views in two months and you're like, well, I'm a stupid failure. But you've got 50 views. That's equivalent to 50 people sat in a room watching you talk about whatever that thing was, right? I've seen people travel a full day to give a seminar presentation to a room of 25. And by people, I mean myself. I mean, that was me. And I thought that that was a good use of time. And yet I would question two hours spent making a video which gets 500 views. Well, that's craziness, isn't it? Because that's 500 people. Imagine a room of 500 people. It might be the biggest speaking gig you've done. And yet you'd think a video with only 500 views would be a complete waste of time. It's we, we have this completely skewed perception because so many videos out there have such high view accounts. This is particularly key if you're in an unsexy business, right? Exposure Ninja, let's be honest, digital marketing is an unsexy business or it can be an unsexy business. Go to most digital agencies and they will convince you that digital marketing is boring and unsexy. But if you're in an unsexy business like digital marketing, I think it's beautiful by the way, but that's another thing. Uh, that's probably why we get views on our videos. Though. Uh, but if, if, you, uh, yeah, if you're in an, un, an unsexy business and you have 25 views on one of your videos, like Salesforce, for example, they've had 17,000 views of their How Salesforce Helps 3M Succeed Through the Pandemic or 12,000 views on this How Salesforce Helped 3M Succeed Through the Pandemic. But imagine that's 12,000 people watching someone from 3M talk about how amazing Salesforce is. That's like a freaking stadium. So if you're a boring, unsexy business, the numbers are massively scaled for you. You might have 15 views, but one of those views might be a contract worth 100 million for you, right? That This is just the nature of video marketing. So don't worry about getting low views. If you're getting views and it only took you four hours, you're winning, basically. Okay, so I hope you found that summary of video marketing useful. We've covered quite a lot today. Um, we first started talking about how to improve conversions from your website traffic talked about how to use videos and demonstrations on your pages uh, to share testimonials and to beef up blog posts uh, by embedding videos which summarize the blog post which will help the engagement rate that you get when you get search you get people coming onto the site through search then we talked about how to generate leads and traffic through you um, through youtube first of all and by getting your videos ranked on google we talked about the different types of targeting whether you're targeting search phrases like we would do with any sort of content marketing or whether you're targeting browsing and click-through rates trying to get on the related videos and on people's home pages then we talked about my tips for actually making this work so whether you decide to in-house or whether you decide to outsource my strong recommendation would be to go towards in-housing this at least the filming you might outsource the editing but at least do the filming yourself so you have a lower barrier to entry we talked about becoming a student of the media making sure you're copying great video people not your totally clueless competitors who are pumping out garbage uh, we talked about the importance of committing. It's going to feel thankless for a year. It's going to be a slog. Commit to making a certain number of videos and being okay with them getting low views. If you found this useful, please drop us a review in the podcast platform that you're listening to. And I will see you next week.